and they filmed the whole thing and they put it on their vegan you know, support group websites and chat rooms and it exploded and it was all over the world. We were getting hate mail from every country you can think of. Everyone was giving us one star Google reviews and you know negative Facebook reviews that had never been to the restaurant and I thought I screwed us. And it wasn't till the Monday where the mainstream media picked it up, ran a story on it and that's when we got our overwhelming support, positive support from the community and the international community uh, around us, you know, that just poured in support for us because you know we're in the right. We're we're, yeah. we're just a little business doing our thing and trying to trying to serve people good food from from good local farmers. And hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. Before we get into the episode, just a few things I want to remind you of: Primo's Truth About Hunting on Outdoor Channel. Check that out Sundays at 10:30 Eastern. Tuesdays at 7 o'clock Eastern and Saturdays at 11 o'clock Eastern. Those are shows that you're not going to want to miss. Also, Primo's YouTube channel. Uh, we've already uploaded all the shows for this run of the, of the new episodes, but, you ha- but if you have not checked those out, you need to. So go to YouTube, type in Primo's Hunting. It'll be the first channel to pop up. Check that out. And if, you ha- if you've already watched the shows, you haven't seen the other playlists and instructional videos and stuff we have on there, you're really missing out. So go and check that out. So for this week's episode, uh, I'm talking to a friend of mine named Michael Hunter, also known as the Hunter Chef. He owns and operates uh, the restaurant called Antler in, uh, in Canada, way up there in Canada. And he is a, a very well-renowned wild game chef, wild food forager. You know me, we're on this podcast, we always like talking food. We always like talking, talking cooking. Uh, Michael is a very interesting guy and he's actually coming out with a cookbook uh, that I'm excited about. I'm going to have one myself Um, and it's just a fun conversation. Michael's always a good guy to talk to. So check it out. Enjoy this episode. So man, this is, well, this is cool because we've been on the, you've been on the podcast once before, but it's before we could do the video thing. So it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, see you while I'm talking to you. (laughs) You know what I mean? The first question, and you've probably had, I don't know, you probably talked about this like a, thousand, like a thousand times, but I haven't been able to talk to somebody that would know. I, I, let me just ask the question. How has it been for someone in your line of work dealing with all the corona craziness? Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's really just, you know, we're taking it day, one day at a time, day by day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, information is always uh, seems to be changing. Um, we've been really lucky that uh, the city shut down uh, a lane of traffic for us so we could have a, a patio on the street because we're just a little cozy restaurant. We didn't have a patio. Yeah. So we had a street front patio with uh, six picnic tables out front. And then we're, we're seating about half uh, inside. So, um, uh, you know, 30, 40% in sales down. Um, you know, week over week, but at least it's, it's enough of, uh, you know, it's enough business to survive. Right. So, uh, you know, we're just happy that we can, we can, we can stick it out and, uh, you know, we're just praying that, uh, it gets better soon. So, yeah. So for those that there, there's probably like, I know we've picked up some new listeners and everything since the last time we had you on here. And so 
I've had different wild game chefs on here before, but some people are probably wondering, like, what's, you know, there's got to be something to this restaurant. So, yeah, <laughs> I know I got a little ahead of myself asking you that question. So kind of describe what, what your restaurant is, because I think that's really cool. So the restaurant is called Antler, and we sell uh, game meats, wild fish, and wild mushrooms, wild leeks. You know, we just want to celebrate the wild. So legally, you know, it's a lot like the United States. It's it's all uh, farmed game, so it's it's all local to us. Anywhere from about you know 100 miles um, uh, to us is where all our, our farmers are. And you know, we just we're just passionate about wild food and and introducing people to game meats. Um, I kind of say, you know, we don't have chicken, beef, or pork, but we have uh, bison, deer, duck, rabbit, uh, elk, goose, you know, whatever we can we can get our hands on. Um, we like to feature, and, and you know, with that, there well, mussels, scallops, um, perch, walleye, you know, any, anything you can think of that is wild in the Great Lakes or you know the coasts. We like to uh, we like to feature here. Yeah. Man, I know because, you know, I'm constantly seeing, following along on your Instagram and all that. And there's there's people that cook wild game and then there's people that do what you do. Because, like, I see, like, <laughs> like I, you have something coming up, don't you, where you're, I don't know, you, it's like you and another chef and y'all put out a picture of what the menu is going to be. Yeah. And, and I read over it and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> So that uh, that was a really fun dinner collab that I did with uh, the chef at uh, Four Seasons Cafe Ballou, uh in Toronto. So Daniel Ballou, the famous French chef uh, who has restaurants in New York City, he has a restaurant in Toronto. So we, we did a dinner collaboration and it, it was called By the Books. So it was it was uh, recipes from my book and his book. And uh, we, we, we had a really awesome dinner last night at, uh, at the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah. Well, I didn't even mean for that to be a segue, but it ended up being a perfect one. Yeah. <laughs> right there, you mentioned your book, and that's what why I texted you. I was like, hey, let's talk about this book that you got coming out. All right, man. Well, I, I got it here for you guys to check it out. It's called uh, The Hunter Chef Cookbook uh, by me, Michael Hunter, and my uh, business partner, Joey Shapiro, who did, uh, who did most of the photography. And it's, uh, we've been working on this for about 10 years. I, uh, I actually started the photography myself. I, I bought a camera and I, I just took it with me on my hunting and foraging trips. And I just wanted to educate, you know, people in cities like me about this outdoor lifestyle and, and, you know, feeding your family off, off of, you know, wild harvested foods as opposed to, uh, you know, just going to the grocery store and, buying the you know cheapest piece of tilapia or beef or something you know yeah. and uh you know there's there's another way there's another way to do it you know and and i just found that the more i was getting interested in this uh, i you know i started late I, I didn't grow up hunting and fishing and foraging you know with uh with my dad or anything like that so i i, I came into it you know in my late teens and was just so inspired by the flavor of, of wild meat i wanted to you know teach people uh, about what I was learning and becoming so excited about. So that, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's what one of the, the next questions I was going to ask you. You said you've been working on this 10 years, like 10 years. Yeah. Taken. 10 years ago, I, uh, I was working for another chef uh, who handed me his cookbook. And I thought, you know, um, he's a you know, really cool down to earth guy. And there's, you know, there's a lot of similarities between us. And I just thought if he can do it, I can do it. And um, it's right around the time when I was really becoming obsessed with uh, with hunting. 
and you know everything uh, I, I did was revolving around hunting and foraging and fishing and I just I just couldn't get enough of it and I just really wanted to you know teach people about where their food was coming from because um, you know it just seems people in cities uh, there's so many people in the city that don't know anything about where their food's coming from no man I really like uh, I still remember we were in we were in Colorado and we were going elk hunting and we were going to stop uh, like at a, it was like a small grocery store in town. And we were just going to like, I remember we need, we need a case of water. That's what it was. We was get, we were getting some water bottles before we went up there. Cause we always either fill up our camelbacks or have water bottles on packs and everything. And I had, I can't remember what shirt I had on, but it was some kind it had an elk on it or, or something like an elk emblem. And the girl at the cash register, I was going through and she was, she said something about my shirt and, I was like, she's like, are you, she's like, you're not, you know, I guess she picked up on my accent as well. And she was like, you're not, you're not from here. I was like, no, I'm, I'm here elk hunting. And uh, she just looked at me kind of funny. She didn't get mad, but it was just, her comment was strange. It was like, uh, she said, I, I don't, she said, I, I get why some people do that. It just seems so sad to me. And I said, and I just, I asked her, I mean, I wasn't like, because like she wasn't aggressive towards me. Some people have been, I know some people have been mm. aggressive towards you about it. And so I just kind of asked her, I was like, well, are, are you a vegetarian or, you know, a vegan or she was like, no. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you're eating meat, then. You're killing animals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a, there's a disconnect. I, I try to teach my kids from when they were really little that meat doesn't come from the grocery store. You know, it comes from a living, breathing animal. And, you know, you and I and so many other, you know, million Americans, millions of Americans, you know, we just choose to uh, source our protein differently. And, you know, I can think I could say this. We, we, we both believe that hunting an animal that's living and breathing and, you know, dying in the wild is a much better life than being brought up in a factory farm. Oh, for sure. That's what makes your restaurant so cool to me, man, is, is how, you know, just how you've combined everything. Um, and it really is, I mean, I, I got more aware, I guess, of that line of thinking when I started working for Primos, because, you know, until then, you know, I mean, growing up in central Mississippi, hunting is very cultural down here. Like the question I got asked at the grocery store in Colorado would not get asked to me at a grocery store in Mississippi. No, I know. <laughs> Everyone just kind of gets it, you know? Um, and yeah. but, so you travel more and you realize that there are, you know, some people here and there that really don't have an understanding that that's how that's how food works so to speak yeah <laughs> uh, but it's, it's wild to me um and again i i know last time you were on the podcast um i had you tell this story but again we've picked up a lot of listeners since then but could we kind of rehash the whole deal that would happen with you at the venison is the new kale and everything <laughs> Well, yeah, you, you know, you just said it. That was our uh, our chalkboard sign for a feature that we were running. We, um, you know, I, we talk about we get farmed, farmed game, and uh, not that I'm anti-farming, but these these little farms, these little game farms, uh, are family-run. They're a lot smaller. They're not like a factory farm setting. They're they're outside in the wild eating grass like they're supposed to. And there's apples and walnuts and things on this this guy's farm that, that the deer can eat. Um, so we had our uh, we had this this chalkboard sign up front that said venison is the new kale, kind of a you know 
play on words and we want to have fun with our uh, our guests and someone took offense to it that was a vegan activist who uh funny enough was riding her bike down the street and um she brought her organization to the restaurant to protest and we had no idea what was going on we couldn't believe that they picked us because you know we care so much about where our food comes from but we also welcome everybody we had a we always have a couple of vegetarian items on the menu and at that time we had a vegan rice wild rice dish on the menu so it was really shocking to us to see why uh, to really understand what was going on and why they were here um i say this you know over and over again we welcome everybody this is our home and you're, you know we invite everyone into our home whether it's uh, you know, uh, a, a Muslim like halal type of diet or a kosher diet, you know, we'll, we'll bring something in for you so you can have a good time here. And, and you know, I, I don't really care what your diet is. We're just happy to have you. So um, it, was, uh, it was really frustrating. And, and this went on for once a week for three months. And these people would come here with signs and megaphones and scream at our customers and scream at us and call us horrible names and post pictures of our family online and, you know, just say and do horrible things. So after three or four months of this, I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, we had a deer delivery that morning. We buy the whole animal and, and use, you know, every bit of it. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to have my own protest to, you know, get back at them. And um, I went downstairs, cut off the back leg and, and put it in the window and, and just deboned the whole leg in front of them from start to finish. And they filmed the whole thing and they put it on their vegan you know, support group websites and chat rooms and it exploded and it was all over the world. We were getting hate mail from every country you can think of. Everyone was giving us one star Google reviews and you know, negative Facebook reviews that had never been to the restaurant and I thought I screwed us. And it wasn't till the Monday where the mainstream media picked it up, ran a story on it and that's when we got our overwhelming support positive support from the community and the international community uh, around us, you know, that just poured in support for us because, you know, we're in the right. We're, we're, yeah. we're just a little business doing our thing and trying to, trying to serve people good food from, from good local farmers. And, and this is what, uh, you know, these people were trying to shut our business down essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's how I heard about you. I mean, the, the first time you were on this podcast is I had heard about you from, uh, my friends at Mossy Oak, and then I'd seen yeah. you on Rogan's podcast, and then that, that it was because of that story. And you know, yeah. I know you've told that on here before, but I just know <laughs> that there's there's other folks that have that haven't might not have may have missed that episode. So I wanted to get you to briefly touch on it again. Of course, man. Yeah, that's um. So another thing, I, I know I'm probably bouncing all over the place with my questions, but uh, I know during like like midst all like super high corona freak out you had a like an ice cream cart or something <laughs> so right when they the city started loosening the restrictions on restaurants they allowed restaurants to open their patios so we did not have a patio so i thought we got to do something to make money and stay relevant and we were, we were doing takeout we were doing uh, meal kits we actually started doing butcher boxes and fish boxes for people to, to take home Oh, because awesome. the grocery, yeah, the grocery stores, I don't know if, you know, this is the same where you live, but there were lineups around the corner and it was difficult to, uh, to, to buy groceries because they're only letting so many people in the store at a time. So I thought, you know, these butcher boxes and fish boxes would help people skip the grocery lines. And 
And I, I just, I started searching around, you know, things that we could do to make money. And I was on Kijiji looking, I think I was looking at something else. And I came across this ice cream bicycle and I thought it was, you know, hilarious. It was, I, I like cycling. I have a few different bikes, like mountain bikes and road bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I saw this, this, you know, 1970s uh, Dickie D ice cream bicycle. And I just like totally geeked out over this thing. I thought, I just wanted to ride it, you know, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, so we bought it, and then we thought, okay, the first couple of weeks of this this reopening, we can we can ride around and get our name out there a little bit again, and talk to people about the restaurant. And I actually, there's a there's a pretty big park that's a social hangout down the street from us. Right. And I thought, well, you know, we'll take take it down there and load it up with ice cream and and uh, just talk to people and have some fun. And it just exploded. People loved it. We we did a couple of cool videos and posted them <laughs> online and. And uh, yeah, people after people were stopping in cars to talk to me because they hadn't seen one of these bikes since they were kids. Yeah, um, I mean, you, just you and your you and your turkey wing tattoos pedaling that bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I thought that was like that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my, my you know my business partner is really you know he's a he used to be a film director or he is a film director you know so he uh, we cut this little video we did on our cell phones. Oh. And put some funny music on it and and uh you know we just had to make it work we had to persevere and pivot and change and you know figure out how to survive through all this yeah and man i think that that's what everyone's been trying to do you know like it's mm -hmm. i mean it's such a weird every every podcast guest that i've had on this started at some point in the conversation everyone goes this is just such a weird time to be alive like yeah. it's just, it's so strange yeah. And, you know, talking to some older folks, you know, the only thing they can relate it to is, you know, listening to stories from their parents about the depression or about the, what it's like after the war and, um, you know, going through those, like the last pandemic was, you know, the early 1900s with the Spanish flu. So yeah. it's been so long. It's so, it's so strange. It, and it's been, what it's done for me is it's made me, oh, wow. oh, you're good. Um, it's made me even more thankful for just the opportunity to get out in the woods and hunt yeah. and fish or whatever, because like elk season, elk season was probably the most like at ease my mind has been since all this started. Cause there'd be places that we would go where cell service was just like not a thing. So no matter if you want, if you didn't want to hear what was going on in the rest of the world, if you wanted to hear what was going on in the rest of the world, you didn't really have an option. You were just unplugged. And I was like, man, I needed this, you know, a couple of days spent in wall tents and just kind of, all right, let's not worry about COVID and upcoming presidential debates for a little while. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's, you know, not, not everything is over computers now. So, you know, being in front of the computer, you know, more than ever now, you know, having these meetings and having all of your, you know, face-to-face -face meetings online now, it's, it's, you know, screens are bigger than ever. Yeah. And no doubt. It's like, and, and like, uh, and it, I mean, which Skype's been around since then, but just, I mean, like this, a lot of our, like the last time I had you on a podcast, it was just a phone call. And, um, yeah. we used to have over the summer, we would have more guests and stuff come in and have interviews in person. And that just hasn't been, you know, I mean, like you can't, you couldn't ethically ask somebody to come sit down in the same room with you because all this craziness going on. Zoom podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do they have any, you know, I mean, I imagine probably the same as it is here, but do they have any clue about when y'all could get 
back to any sort of normalcy or, or no? No, they say we're having our second wave right now. So our numbers went way down and we started opening up everything. And now our numbers are climbing back up again. So, uh, you know, the closest major city to us is Montreal. They've actually closed restaurants down again. So we're hoping it doesn't come here, but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's wild, man. I hope y'all stay out of that. Um, the war you, because I, I, I hit you up, I think it was over the weekend or earlier in the week, and you were like, man, I've got it's like it was like duck open or dove duck opener. Yeah, our duck opening weekend. Yeah, see, that's foreign to me. Like, yeah. we don't even down here, we don't even get to think about I mean, well, we've got dove season and there's teal season, yeah. blue and teal, yeah. but just regular duck season, that's not even thought about until late November. Yeah. Yeah. So our, uh, our migration is just happening now. We're starting to see the big, uh, you know, V's of Canada geese a mile high up in the sky coming down now. So, uh, it's, it's just starting for us. And every year, I think it's the closest day to, or the closest Saturday to September 25th. So I think this year it was the 26th. It's always kind of the 24th, 25th, 26th. One of those three days is generally when uh, the season opens for us. Yeah. Oh, here's a question. Could you could you come to the United States right now if you wanted to? Or no? I can't. So I, I can travel to the States. There the the thankfully uh the United States is letting Canadians into the country. Uh, but when I come home I have to quarantine for fourteen days. Yeah. Canada Canada is being very strict where they're not letting uh not letting uh, you know Americans cross the border by land or, or air. And, and for me to come to the States, I have to come by air. I can't uh, – the whole land border is completely shut. Yeah. The reason I ask is a, a good friend of mine, uh, TJ Mallet, he, he's been on this podcast before too. He's from here, but he, he owns uh, an outfit and guidance service in Canada. And oh, okay. He, he, can't, he can't run he his can't business go. right now because he can't – yeah, he can't go up there. No. It's really sad. There's, there's a whole bunch of guides that, uh, you know, are really suffering right now. and. And, um, you know, I want to go and hunt with one of them who's in Manitoba. And, I, you know, with the cookbook coming out and we're doing a home renovation, I just – I don't think I can swing it this year. So, yeah, uh, it's – you know, it's tough. And he's, he's, he's cut his rates in half trying to, trying to drum up some business. And, you know, a lot of his – most of – I'd say 75% of his clients come from the States. So, yeah. um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a hard time for so many people and so many different walks of life. It's it's it really is like uh, it's a sad deal. You just kind of every day or every week that passes by, you just sit there and hope that you something positive to where we can get back. Because like I said, that's not the only friend of mine I have that that has had something like that happen, yeah. where they're just like, I can't work right now. You know, what I mean, like legit can't work. It's a bad deal. Um, yeah. Circling back to the cookbook, when is that? Is that available now, or or, or when is it? So the, it's still in the pre-sale stage. So Tuesday, uh, October 6th is the official launch date. It's, it's, that's the day it's shipping from Amazon and Chapters, Indigo, Barnes & Noble. All those, all those stores have it online. Um, you can go to my website, thehunterchef.com, and uh, you know, select Canada, United States, and it'll give you a bunch of different options on where you can purchase the book. Yeah. It's awesome, man. What's so like uh, – what's going to be – like, I mean, does it cover everything, like seafood, deer, elk, duck? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, the title is uh, Hunt, Fish, and Forage in Over 100 Recipes. So 
you know, wild salmon, scallops, halibut, spot prawns, you know, things like that are in the book. Um, there's a couple butchery guides for, I've got a whole deer on a table that we, we, uh, we break down. There's a little duck butchery section, um, you know, which is easy for guys like you and me, but you know, for people that are just getting into it, it's a pretty step-by-step, -step, you know, how to, how to break down a duck, you know? Um, and then there's, um, you know, lots of venison recipes, a couple moose, um, a couple wild boar, um, wild turkey, you know, duck, Canada goose. Things like all, all the you know main kind of common ones that, that I hunt around you know where I live. So sure. I, I, don't, I, I you know I don't have uh, you know caribou and and uh, there's no black bear in this one. I actually didn't start hunting bear until a couple of years ago, so um, that hasn't made it into the book yet. But um, yeah, it's it's sort of like you know all, all the basics, um, you know, and some some really easy approachable recipes. But also you know being a professional chef, there are some more kind of complicated. You know, um, you know, a couple pate uh, and charcuterie recipes that are in there that are you know, awesome. fun to try. So yeah, see, I think that's awesome because like I honestly, I started getting more creative with how I personally cook wild game because mm -hmm. of this podcast. Because of like I would I would talk to people like you and like my mm -hmm. Dowdy, and I was yep. like, you know, there's a lot of different ways I can cook this deer back trap rather than just battering it and frying it like I've done since I was 10 years old or just, you know, like there's ways I can get more creative with it. And uh, so, and even to, even still, like, you know, you're talking about breaking down a, breaking down a deer and butchering a deer. I know several people from here. Um, and I was the same way when I was younger, we knew how to clean a deer and how to get it down to the quarters. But then after that, you would take it to the processor. So like whole deep deboning the deer and everything. I didn't learn that until yeah. later on. That was just at that point. I was like, I didn't know you had to take it any further. I just know you get it to that yeah. point and then you let somebody yeah. process it. Yeah. And for me, like, you know, because I was so young when I started and because I was a young father, I had my daughter when I was 19, you know, I didn't, I didn't financially have the luxury to take it to a processor. You know, I couldn't, I could barely afford my hunting gear and you know, all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. you know, to then, to then take that animal and take it to a butcher to break it down. I just, I, I don't I couldn't even afford it. So it was, uh, it was really like necessity and also the chef side of me, like wanting to learn how to do it was really big for me. And, you know, it was just, I was, you know, a little spoiled with work. I had these backpack machines and things like that, but today I've, I've switched back to butcher paper because I think it's, you know, it's, it's more uh, sustainable. It's easier, easier on the environment, I think. And also uh, I don't find the, that it gets freezer burnt. You know, I find a lot of times I'll, I'll puncture backpack bags and then the meat gets a little freezer burnt and it doesn't taste very good. Whereas the butcher paper, you know, it doesn't really rip or puncture or break it while it's, you know, while you're rummaging in the freezer to try and find something. Yeah. I heard that, man. It's just, like I said, it's, it's incredibly cool to me. Um, just how, like, honestly, like and a lot of, some of it, you know, cause you know, I talk to you off and on throughout the year, but like you have no idea just from, just from following your Instagram and, and a couple other guys, like how much, like I'll see something sometimes that you're doing and I'm like, I kind of want to try that. And so I, thank you. <laughs> so I mean, I really would. So that's okay. Before I forget. Um, we'll tag you on this when we post the podcast and everything, but yep. go ahead and state it on here. Where can people find you and antler on Instagram, Facebook and everything? Awesome. So I am, uh, at the hunter chef everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
and uh, Antler on, on the social stuff is uh, Antler Kitchen Bar. You can find uh, find me and the restaurant. Um, and like I, like I said earlier with the book, I'm just trying to inspire people to, to you know try new things with their game. Um, there's a bunch of recipes for heart and liver and sort of the the offals uh, of duck. Uh, there's a, there's a turkey dish and it's just the heart, liver, and gizzard. So it's kind of a fun one for people to play with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, and anything that you know that I can do to help people sort of try new things and utilize the whole animal. You know, that's that's sort of my goal and what I'm passionate about. I like it, man. I like it. Well, man, it's always fun having you on here. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. It won't, be, it won't be the last time, I'm sure. I'll find another reason to have you back on here. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We got to go for a hunt soon. <laughs> yeah, we got to go for a hunt. And then one, one of these days, it won't be anytime soon because of COVID, obviously. One of these days, yeah. I'm going to make my way up there and come visit that restaurant. Absolutely. Sounds good, man. Make it uh, the early duck season. We'll get you out on the lake. I like that. I like <laughs> that, man. Well, look, I appreciate it as always. Guys, I hope you all like the conversation. And uh, thank, thank you all you. for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. See you, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man.